Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man of the year 2099. That's me, ready to save the universe and looking good while doing it. Welcome to Accelerated Visions with your host, Gil Mancha. This is my chronological discussion of the Spider-Man of the future, Spider-Man 2099. Disclaimer, I will be actively getting and collecting volumes and other collections as we go, and I will only cover issues that I can get physically. I'm going to try to stray away from digital because I love physical media, but the Marvel Unlimited app would be a great way to keep up with the podcast. We'll of course start in the 90s with his self-titled comic, there's a few others, some miniseries, and even video games we can discuss. And trust me, I'd love to discuss the games down the line. That said, let's get back to today's issue, Spider-Man 2099, number 4, The Specialist. Links will be in the podcast notes. According to Marvel.com, issue 4 was released on February 1st, 1993. Let's take a look back at what else was happening that day in history. Not a lot of time has passed since our previous episode, so the top of the box office is still Aladdin, and the top music track in both the US and the UK is still I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. If you're playing video games, things have changed a little. Now you're likely to be playing Road Rash 2, Yoshi, Super Mario Kart, and Night Trap. Popular shows for kids and teens include Thomas the Tank Engine, Pingu, Doogie Howser, MD, and In Living Color. Popular toys include the Ghostbusters Proton Pack, Yo-Yo, Sega Game Gear, and the Super Nintendo, or SNES. Road Rash 2, it turns out, was only on Sega Genesis and Game Boy Color initially, but later was put on the EA Replay compilation on Sony PSP in 2006 and even included on the Sega Genesis Mini 1 in 2019. I have the latter two myself, and it seems to otherwise be the hardest of the four games to play legally today. Yoshi and Super Mario Kart are both on Switch Online services for NES and SNES on Switch Online. Night Trap is probably the most interesting in terms of controversy and importance to the gaming industry. It's an FMV game, or full motion video game. It's a point and click game about stopping vampires from killing people. Depending how well or not well you do, you get to see pre-made videos of trapping the vampires or seeing the girls get got. Honestly, it's like a B-movie in quality, but along with Mortal Kombat, which we discussed last time, was cited in the 1993 U.S. Senate Committee hearing on violent video games as promoting gratuitous violence and aggression against women. This hearing led to the establishment of the ESRB, or the rating on the corner of game boxes. Grab a random game off your shelf, and it'll have a rating because it's still in use today. I just grabbed Dragon Ball Z Kakarot per PS5 myself, and there it is, rated T for teen. After the controversy subsided, they released Night Trap on Sega 32X, 3DO, MS-DOS, Mac OS, in 2017 on PS4 and Windows, and in 2018 on the Nintendo Switch and PlayStation Vita, making it another title on this list that you can play on the Switch, with only Road Rash 2 not being easily available. That's a taste of what the world was like when Spider-Man 2099 number 4 was published. Let's start at the beginning one last time. I'm reading this from the new Spider-Man 2099 Omnibus Volume 1. The comic was written by Peter David, penciled by Rick Leonardi, inker Al Williamson, colorist Noel Giddens, letterer Rick Parker, and editors Joey Cavalieri and Sarah Massoff. The cover shows Spider-Man about to face off with a sword-wielding samurai riding a hover bike saying, Insolent One, you cannot escape the specialist. Trademarked. An odd thing is that the background is plain white, so it looks like the cover wasn't done. 
Not that you could back then, but today you could take the image, make the white transparent, and just put a random image of the sky in the background. Let's check out the About This Issue section on the Marvel Unlimited app for this issue. Who is the specialist? What is his connection to Alchemax? What's his beef with Spider-Man? In this dystopian future, Spider-Man 2099 may encounter more questions than answers. This one sets up our baddie of the week, the specialist. Who is this guy? Why he's fighting Spider-Man? It says nothing new besides naming the character, even though the front cover does that, so it really adds nothing. After the break, we'll summarize the issue. I don't understand. Why aren't Anti-Venom's powers draining his- Because mine are radiation-based, if you have to know. Didn't know. Don't care. What it do guys, Manjame here, and if you like board games, especially deck building games, you should check out Team underscore Thunder on YouTube. There we have unboxings and games of Legendary, a Marvel deck building game, the DC deck building game, Transformers deck building game, and many more. That's also where you can find VODs for this and Water Damage, an Aquaman podcast where you can directly leave a comment and we can discuss the issues. Ah, that was a good warm up. So when do I get a real challenge? We start the issue in a mag car. Gabriel O'Hara, Miguel's brother, and his girlfriend, Casey, are about to get naughty. Before they can seal the deal, a blade cuts off the top portion of the car. Thankfully, since the two lovers were lying down, they're unscathed. Turns out to Samurai looking for Casey. He grabs Casey from inside the car and tells her if she doesn't struggle, she won't get stabbed by the sword. Gabe asks who the shock he is. He says, this one knows who the shock he is. Your identity is unknown and irrelevant. Your best interest would be served in keeping it that way. As he's talking, Casey slips out of her overshirt and tries to run away, but he lassos her back up. Gabriel tries to advance on the samurai, but he throws circular ninja stars at him, pinning his shirt and himself to the wall. Unabated, he carries her off. This one has far better things to do. Now back to where we left off in our last episode, Miguel just recounted his origin story to his AI waifu, Lila, when he got a knock at the door from Tyler Stone, Evil Box from Alchemex. Here we see what happened when he opened the door. Turns out it's not just Tyler, but a huge bodyguard. Alright Stone, what in the shock do you- Whoa. The big bodyguard picks up Miguel off of his feet just by his jacket. Apparently a sergeant, Tyler tells him he's being a tad overzealous. Clearly no threat, he puts down Miguel. Lila offers Tyler a drink and says how Miguel has repeatedly stated he likes to suck the blood of widows and orphans. They don't have any, but perhaps some coffee? Charming hollow you have, Mike. Thanks, Ty. I like her better than I like most people. Present company included, of course. Oh, Mike, how can you hold a grudge? I have tough nipples. Tyler explains to Miguel that the existence of Spider-Man has put everyone on edge, including his bodyguard, Sergeant Seth. In fact, he came to let bygones be bygones and offered Miguel to shake Seth's hand, which he declines but wants to know what he really wants. Tyler admits he wants to make peace with Miguel, but he thought he'd be going through a nasty rapture-related withdrawal. Because he isn't, clearly he's gotten some off the black market and he could have him arrested, but what would that accomplish? Instead, he offers Miguel a vial of rapture if he returns to the company. Spider-Man still does some major damage. We need someone to spearhead the corporate raider program and only you can do it. So let's consider this in advance on services to be rendered. Looking at the blue vial, Miguel says, You want services, Ty? Miguel snaps, lunging at Tyler. Great, we'll start with funeral services. Yours. You're so wild about this drug, eat it. He shoves a vial into his mouth. Fangs and talons out. He further threatens Tyler. Look what trying to shake it did for me, Ty. Fangs. Talons. He gets up and attacks Seth. One side public eyesore. 
I want to see Ty's pasty face when I tell him Miguel O'Hara is Spider-Man. Er, If Alchemex is worried about Spider-Man now, just wait. It's going to get worse, a lot worse. But lucky you, Ty, you won't be there to see it. You'll be enraptured. Unless, of course, I just tear your throat out with my teeth and... Cut back to Miguel looking at the blue vial. He was just fantasizing about attacking Stone, who'd break him out of it. He tells Tyler his mind was wandering, since it was metal of the night. Fair, Tyler leaves him with the vial, and they all leave, hoping to hear back from him in the morning. This time, no human subjects until he's ready. He admits they should have listened to him, not Aaron Delgado. He was pushing and rushing, and now they think it was all to ruin the project. What, what, what do you mean? Isn't it obvious, Mike? Aaron Delgado is our mysterious Spider-Man and throws the rapture vial. Pleasant dreams. The door closes on a bewildered Miguel. Now let's go to Latveria where a chrome-looking Dr. Doom is looking over footage of Spider-Man 2099 saying it can't be a coincidence that he returns, then Spider-Man returns. In fact, he says coincidence is a crutch for those who cannot walk the paths of fate unaided. He'll investigate further as soon as he has the resources and opportunity. I think it's the original Dr. Doom, or at least someone who thinks he is because he mentioned that he encountered Spider-Man early in his first career and Doctor Doom has always had great respect for tradition. Enough of that setup, back to Miguel's apartment the following morning. Before we see inside, we have an establishing shot of outside the building and Lila telling Miguel how he's dressed differently than his usual. In fact, he normally doesn't even wear undergarments. Turns out the undergarments Miguel's wearing is his Spider-Man costume. He doesn't trust Tyler and thinks he might have Miguel's apartment searched, so the safest place for the costume is on him. If he searches Miguel himself, that means he suspects him, and that Aaron bit was a bluff. In that case, he'll fight, showing that he's able to retract the talent at will. Lila asks, why not just destroy the suit? Well, two things. One, destroying clothes made of unstable molecules isn't easy, which is kind of the point of them. And two, Tyler and Alchemix are scared of Spider-Man, while they're occupied with Spider-Man, he can work for them under their noses and look into a cure for his situation. Until then, he can use his research to anticipate further changes in his body, fearing he might be eating flies or shooting webs out his butt at some point. The day he does destroy his costume is the day he's managed to rid himself of Spider-Man for good. While he leaves, Lila says, Have a nice day at the office, dear. While out, he comes across his brother, Gabe. Miguel sees his car and asks if it would have just been easier to just buy a convertible then slice off the top. Inviting him to get in the car, Gabe shows him a hologram of his girlfriend, Casey. Miguel quips that she's the one that's raised his consciousness. Turns out, whenever Gabe dates someone, he tends to take on their attributes. Before Casey was Leilani, and he became a physical fitness nut. He's got a gym set up that took up the whole apartment. Before that was Michelle who got him off the grid and to only eat oatmeal. At some point, there was Stacy the nudist, and Miguel had to get him off the hook with authorities when he marched in for crying out loud. I was a kid then. Gabe interjects, and here's where you get my quote of the issue. Son of a... Computer, this laboratory has been compromised. Initiate self-destruct sequence. Ten seconds. Ten seconds? That's barely enough time to come up with a clever explosion-related quip. Ooh, that must really burn you up. So long, Spider-Man. It's been a blast. Oh, she's good. That was all last year, Gabe, he retorts. That's a lot of life-changing things going on in his life, over-dating people with an average about four months apiece. The gym sounds pretty expensive, but getting off the grid and eating oatmeal is pretty cheap. 
The nudist one, though, cheap, but like Miguel said, you're bound to get into legal trouble if you go and do it in the wrong places. In your own home or a nude beach, no problem, but you go to McDonald's, questions will be raised. This one's different, Gabe claims. Everything she's told me is true. She's important to him and apparently important to someone else because a guy with a sword just kidnapped her. Come again? They are making out in an alleyway, romantic that he is, and a samurai comes out of nowhere and whacks off the top of his mad car and takes her with him. You gotta help me, Mike. Me? Why? Because you're tied in with Alchemax, so use it to work positively for once. Turn the page and as they're talking, we have a huge sign in the background that says, You, the future, the core. And someone's vandalized it, adding an E to the end, so it now reads, You, the future, the corpse. Which I took as a political statement. A couple of guys are in the process of cleaning it off. Gabe reported the kidnapping to the public eye, but doesn't think they'll do anything because he doesn't write. He's not important enough, but Miguel's hot stuff. He asks him to have them look into it and assign a detective. Miguel tells him that he'll do what he can, but if what Gabe's told him is true about her past, then the kind of people she runs around with is no business of Gabe and certainly no business of his. Unrelenting, Gabe says, I love her, Meg. Maybe that doesn't mean anything to you, but it does to me. Surprised, you really sound like you mean it this time, Gabriel. I do, and besides, it is your business. You've got power, Miguel. And Casey told me that with great power must come great responsibility. After a short silence, Miguel looks toward the reader and says, Casey reads too many fortune cookies. Cut to later, Miguel and Tyler talking. Tyler is showing Miguel that they've scaled back their operations. If he's not happy, we're not happy. He asks Miguel why he wanted the lights lowered, and Miguel tells him that the raptures made him a little sensitive to light. While he is sensitive to light, he is lying about the reason. It's due to his newfound spider powers. Instead, he in turn asks Tyler what makes him think Aaron is this... Spider-Man, Tyler tells him, and he tells his secretary to cancel his 10 o'clock so they can chat. Meanwhile, elsewhere in Malcolm X, we see a kidnapped Casey Nash demanding a trial. They tell her in addition to other crimes of terrorism, she's been quoted as saying the court do whatever the shock they want. You had your trial. It was three months ago and you were absentia, I fear. I had to look up what that means and in some cases a trial can happen, but the defendant isn't present. I don't know how prevalent it is, but I'm sure it's just them trying to intimidate her and just plain out lying. And you're out to prove me right. In this case, you are. Apparently, Alchemex purchased her criminal record and disposition thereof. Basically, they do with her as they please and want to use her for experimentation. As he's telling them to run her through the showers twice to clean off whatever she's brought in with her, she's eyeing the other guard's gun. Turn the page and we see Tyler and Miguel in what sort of looks like a futuristic golf cart with no roof. Why walk when you can ride, right Mike? Not about to be buddy-buddy with Tyler, Miguel tells him he doesn't see the connection between Aaron and Spider-Man. Tyler finally tells him that check-in data shows that Aaron was there the night Spider-Man first appeared, and that Aaron has been in hiding ever since. Then he tells Miguel it's foolish to ignore coincidence, which outwardly, Miguel agrees. Tyler's outlook on coincidences is a reflection of Dooms where he doesn't believe in him and thinks... It's for those who don't have a handle of their own destiny. He'd rather be in control. Miguel himself had overwritten the history and removed any traces of him having been there before he even got turned into Spider-Man, so there's no way to trace it back to him. Miguel thinks that he knows Aaron had fallen, so maybe Tyler's lying and trying to trick him. Or he'd survived and told Tyler everything already. Suddenly they hear, Stop her! She grabbed a gun off the guard! Get her back in here! Forget it. 
You're not running your sick experiments on me, says a now-gun-wielding Casey. She tells everyone to get out of the cart, called a scutter. Tyler orders the driver to shoot as a direct order, but she tells him, too slow, and shoots first. The driver, shot, falls back into Tyler. Ty, Miguel shouts, smatter. Worried about your boss? Casey says. Well, actually, no. Hey, you let go. She grabs Miguel by the forearm. Come on, Lemon, we're leaving. In doing so, the pressure forces Webbing to squirt out of Miguel's forearm. How embarrassing. She puts a gun up to his head. Nobody try to follow us or he gets it. I'd rather you kept it. Even in the face of death, he quips, which is the mark of a good Spider-Man. In his head, he's thinking, don't look down. Please don't. Tyler sits up. Security, after her. He tries to get up and follow, but his shoe gets stuck to the web Miguel had accidentally shot out in trips. Oof. Once to make it outside, she asks the captive his name. Miguel. Miguel O'Hara. She's surprised to hear this. Your Gabe's slime brawl brother? In the slime. She tells him the company he works for was about to experiment on her because they'd bought up her criminal record. He asks how she'd gotten the record in the first place, and she says for speaking up and destroying property. Depending whose property you destroy, it could end up being fatal for you. She runs off, but the samurai arrives to re-kidnap her. Miguel recognizes him as the guy that Gabe was talking about. The samurai asks Miguel if he knows her, and he lies. Uh, no. No, I... no. That is most fortunate. As the samurai chases her on a hoverbike, she's running on foot. No doubt about to be caught again. Miguel is reflecting on this, and he's thinking about asking someone else for help, and he remembers what Gabe was saying about great power must come great responsibility. And he says, wrong, completely wrong. With great power comes great guilt. Definitely a runner-up for quote of the issue. Miguel runs into a Metro Express where he has the privacy to take off his outer clothes revealing his suit and put on his mask and gloves. He uses the Metro Express to ship his clothes to his apartment, which he'll hopefully get there before them. Back to the chase. Your flight is most irritating, Casey Nash. He tells her he's already caught her once. Surely she doesn't think she has better chances on repeated escapes. Shock you. She shoots at him. Not a likelihood. He deflects the shot with nunchucks. This one is unshockable. He lunges at her, slicing apart her gun. This one just as easily could have sliced your arm apart along with your gun, Casey Nash. Know that. Miguel is approaching, psyching himself up. Okay, Miguel. Lead with your head, and that doesn't mean using it as a punching bag. Once he gets there, he figures, I've had small globs of web shoot from my arm so far, but if I tense the muscles and sustain the pressure, maybe web shoots out the top of his wrist. Yes, it worked. I The line misses, but he gets his bike. He anchors the web and yanks it, sending the samurai flying. Who dares interfere with the mission of the specialist? He swipes at Spider-Man with a sword, but Spider-Man dodges. Speak, or is your tongue paralyzed with terror? As Spider-Man is rolling from behind to in front of the specialist, he says, No, it's not. He drop kicks the specialist right in the chest. Oof. Spider-Man's feeling himself now, thinking, I'm doing it. I can take this guy. I mean, shock it. I took Venture, and he was a cyborg. This guy's just meat. No longer surprised, the specialist declares that he's heard of Spider-Man. Spider-Man thinks, Fake to the left, and then... As Spider-Man's going to the right, the specialist backfists him. Ech. How fortunate that your name of battle, at least, is known to this one. He slices Spider-Man's back, cutting some of the airfoil. Arr. It would not be honorable, he palm strikes Spider-Man, to kill a man. Strikes him again, 
Oof, who is anonymous. He's got Spider-Man from the back by his airfoil with one hand and the other holding the blade. However, a man of honor does not hide his identity. This one will make you into an honorable man by removing the mask. Once this one has seen the face of his enemy, he may then kill him in a manner befitting a warrior. That's where the issue ends. Next, Blood Oath. After the break, we'll go over some thoughts and feelings about the issue. Our reality is coming apart at the seams. And now I see why. The two gateways created a link between our times. Together, across the expanse of time, we must defeat our enemies. And defy death itself. No! Going from the last episode, Miguel is in no immediate threat as himself from the public eye and Alchemex, but we do get the fun mystery of, does Tyler know? I mean, he's got to know. If Aaron lived, then he would have told him everything, and if he didn't, there'd be cameras somewhere. I mean, where'd Doom get the feed of his previous issues, if not for some sort of surveillance? Speaking of, is this Doom the Doom, or some sort of Doombot that thinks he is? Or maybe a Doombot with the AI upload of Doom's consciousness. That way, if he's destroyed, the next one will just wake up. Kind of like Tom from Toonami. Remember the Toonami event, Endgame, where an alien invaded Tom's spaceship and the fat Tom died and he woke up in a taller, leaner body and nobody mentioned it. That was before the awful Tom 4 with the moving face. We haven't heard from Dana, Miguel's fiance, so I'm wondering if he and Casey will end up together. Just a hunch, but we'll see. I like the continuation of Miguel hating the conventions of the older Spider-Man. We hear that with great power must come great responsibility. He dismisses it at first and later changes it to great guilt, which is pretty accurate. Peter's sense of responsibility comes from the guilt of the inaction that led to Uncle Ben's death. I wonder what else we'll see from the original Spider-Man that Miguel will reject. Going from this issue, I think Spider-Man will beat the specialist, but only after he's taken off his mask. Maybe he'll get free with Casey's help. I think someone will come and try to kill the specialist, but Spider-Man will save him, owing him big time. So, honorable man that he is, he gives Spider-Man his word that he won't reveal his identity. Tyler Stone will ask the specialist, and man of his word, he will not say. Tyler will get mad, and the rebuilt venture will come to get a run back. What do you think? Did you read the comic? Let's continue the discussion on social media and the YouTube VOD. You can find me at Thunder on Twitter and Team underscore Thunder on YouTube. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to and want to learn more about Aquaman, King of the Seven Seas, check out Water Damage, and Aquaman podcast on Spotify and anywhere you can find podcasts. Be sure to follow this and that podcast to get episodes as soon as they drop. Manjame out.